Last time, Ionis Felnir Schnobik met Mayor Hagar of Breentown, who revealed to them that the Adaran wizard who turned all the town to gold was none other than the wizard Grigley of the Gnomes Gap. The same wizard who was once king of the Moonbrook Elves, and an, and if ancient warning signs can be believed, the warden of something. Schnobik communed with his white lady in the blade, Bezleth Lewitul, revealing all he knows about the gold and that he now possesses one of the three or maybe four pieces of ascended ore in the valley. She does not hesitate and tells my last, sends him in a new direction, straight to the Gnome's Gap and Grigley. But what is the most pressing thing for the dads? Finding out what Grigley knows? Preparing for another Gith attack on Breentown? Bringing the Owlwood army and the Breentown regulars to heal under the free Breen banner? Or is it something further south in the Gilbrain Wilds? There's a lot for the dads to decide what to do. But for now, it's time for the Dungeon Dads. Hey everybody and welcome back to the podcast, episode 74 of Every War Must End, the Dungeon Dads Woo-hoo. podcast. Yeah. Woo. As always, I'm your DM, Tom Blaylock, and I'm joined, as ever, by Sam Frank playing Schnobick the Bastard. What's up, Sam? Good to be here. Yes, indeed. Um, big, big things today, I think. <laughs> Tim Carr playing Filnir Omajira, the warlock who is suddenly central to the narrative of the story once again what's up tim hello hello what's going on oh man i'm just so excited i'm so excited to get to it and john watson playing ionis silhavind the wizard and the possible king of all of this maybe at some point um certainly a good wizard certainly that (laughs) (laughs) are we sure (laughs) <laughs> I think so. I think so. You, you, words like wizard and king that, yeah, that have all, to do with together. my character. I mean, life is pretty good. Well, not, good. not neutral wizard? Are you sure it's not a neutral wizard? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's lawful good. I, mean, I think that's his uh, thing. I mean, for all that helps. That, that definitely, I mean... <laughs> definitely not true. <laughs> oh, definitely not true. Okay. <laughs> I think I've, I think I've proven that as well. What did you write on your character sheet? Neutral good. Install shield wizard. Oh, neutral good. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, and the number of people who will get that are dwindling. <laughs> and most of them listen to this podcast. Um, I know it's been a little bit for, for the guys since we recorded this, uh, the last episode. The other thing pro- that I didn't do in my uh, in my open is just remind you that Schnobik has decided he's going to go sleep up on Black Street up top, and Ionis no diggity, no diggity, and Ionis uh, and Filnir have decided to take the warden's house down on Yellow Street, which is at the river level, which can be barred with uh, steel beams to to keep it like locked in. So I, I think 
Uh, I mean, the party is split right now. I have a feeling you guys will figure this out. Um, now, I am prepared to do a small hand wave here. And I don't want to have a lot of fuckery where you guys are like, no, but like, what color <laughs> is the rocks outside of the <laughs> warden's house? I'm telling you, there's nothing to those rocks. Um, I will give you all a long rest. Fantastic. In exchange, in exchange for you all telling me kind of right now what you think you're going to go for next. So isn't the plan still to go get the ghost? I know what I want to go for next, but if you could remind me, I was, I was trying to remember and I didn't get a chance to look back. Did Bezalith give me any more specific instructions except to go to Grigley? She said to go to Grigley. She gave you a way to get to Grigley, which you know is sort of a faulty way to get to Grigley. Mm-hmm. It's like the, a way that takes time. It's the using the uh, the pathways, the contrails that Ionis mm-hmm. used to get here, which had him like losing time. Um, you have you actually have ways of getting to him now, like uh, um, you know, instantaneously. She wants you to take. This and the, the, the two fellows do. I mean, you know, Ionis and Filner don't know about this, but she wants you to take the Ascended Ore to Grigley and she wants uh, and she wants you to find out, you know, what he knows about the Gilbrain elves. Okay. And what was the color door I'm supposed to go through? Green. <laughs> if you're it's it's green if you're in the contrails. Yeah. Green always leads to Grigley, is what she told you. Grigly, green, green, Grigly, <laughs> green. That's it. That's it. Pink, zero, yeah. one. <laughs> Pink, zero, one. Yeah, I think, um, I think Ionis would want to talk to Grigly to find out what's going on. He's definitely, if the contrails is brought up to him, he's definitely not going back in there. Sure. Um, yeah. But Waverly gave him a scroll. Uh-huh. That will that will open up a portal directly to Grigley. That's right. Um, so the the so if we're hand waving, Ionis would first ask Grigley through sending. Okay. What kind of time passes if he goes to visit him? Oh, I Ionis, it is very good to hear your voice. Uh, the gnomes gap. Is a place where time stands still for your mind. He'll send one more time. So, so I go there and no time passes. Well, within reason. Uh, it will be mere moments. If you came to me and you were in a room crowded with people, you might be able to come to me and have a conversation and return in the time it takes for someone to exhale. Okay, so that's new. Because um, I was under the assumption that Grigley's uh, area would, would make us lose time. So I would present that to Filnir and Snobik and see if that... I, 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 Jonas is going to want to go to Grigley. Directly. Yeah. Schnobick follows his lady's orders. I mean, our plan had been to go through Breentown and then wrangle the ghost. 
and Felipe. And so we're taking what seems to him like a hard left turn. Well, the problem is that we have an entire portion of the town that is gold that is gold that yes. we are that we are supposedly defending and we have three days to set up a defense for it because they're coming back for it and we don't know why Grigley did this in the first place or what we're even doing right we also know that they have done this multiple times before and have not been able to figure out where the gold is and they know exactly where they're going to pop up and there is basically nothing left below the bridge, right, Tom? That 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 town south of the bridge is burnt, flooded, mostly destroyed. Um, that's so every correct. so everybody that's living in Breentown right now is essentially north of the bridge. North north of the bridge, yeah. And that's why we need to go get the militia and bring them back. But if this is going to take no time, it's, I mean, still a detour from a detour. As far as Schnobik's concerned, but right. his yeah. his lady said go, and so he's he's set to go. Well, and, we and should, oh, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna say I think we should have this conversation in character a little more than on the yeah. level. <laughs> well, right, wait so, a second now. Wait a second. Can, can, but if if we can all sort of agree that that's the outcome, can we? Can we hand wave it now? I guess. Can I guess that's true. I guess this is me saying. For once? <laughs> what color are we the flags assume... that are up on the towers? <laughs> yeah, we, we can assume that we had that conversation. We all agreed, and we're good with going to Greenland. Okay. Um. Yes, if we believe that the time spent with Grigley will essentially be negligible in terms of real time, I think Filner could be convinced, and you know, obviously he's not really going to leave his wizard. Yeah. And, and, he, and he will have assurances that if we do this and it is the time of an exhale, we still have three days to go get the militia and bring them back and defend the city. All right. So as you guys are having a conversation in character. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, uh, imagine this is that. the next morning? <laughs> so so you, it, the, the next morning. We have rendezvoused. Uh, well, you, you have, yeah, you have rendezvoused in the warden's uh um, yellow, you know, yellow street, uh, home, uh, you have fixed your spells. You have done all of those things. You have fully healed up. Uh, you are full up on spell slots and I'm assuming Ionis was going to use the, the, the scroll Donatus. Yeah. I would also like to gird my loins, (laughs) gird your loins for the field of battle. Uh, sure. Um, so you you feel the building slip a little bit you feel a like it's noticeable like it's so noticeable it it freaks you out um it's probably only an inch or so but like this building is sinking and and one of the walls which is painted blue but is pure gold behind the paint you see a face begin to come out from it and uh it's a it's a bearded face and uh and it's still it's pure gold and it just says do not waste your once a day use of that wonderful scroll i provided you wizard here use my door and you realize the front door of 
the the building that you're inside of like from the inside it's now painted green and there is a triangle of numbers on it but that looks like it would be some kind of lock of some kind uh and the numbers disappear and they sink into the door and the door slowly opens and you are looking at it's the grove you were in before it's the gnomes gap just outside of this house Ionis, this is what you were expecting, is it not? Yes, yes. I, I believe it was. It, it's, it's the first time that I suppose I've been a part of making it happen, But so it's a, it's a little jarring. But yes, no, we're, this is... It appears we're here. Schnobik, are you ready? Yes, let us go. We'll walk in. All right, we go in. So it's the same hut you were at before. Uh, you're just outside of it. Um, it's a small clearing. There's a small fire pit. Um, you hear a rustling in the woods all around you. Um, but you have, and you have that that divine smell and sense that you had the last time you were here, and the time you were in the center of the earth, and the time that you were inside the mountain of Donatus, and. Uh, and the door to the hut opens up, and it is the elf, Grigley. And he says, oh, do come in. Do come in. Uh, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back. Heroes of Breen. Welcome. Welcome. Grigley, so much has happened since last we saw you. We, we have so many questions. Yes, yes, all according to plan. I am glad you have succeeded. I am glad you are all still alive. Right. I keep forgetting about your... I keep forgetting about your priest. Um, but brother, lovely to meet you. Oh, sorry. I believe I just dead-named you. Uh, his last. My last. Welcome. Hi, Lord and Warden Grigley. I bring you an offering. Oh, and goodness. tidings from my lady Bezleth Lewittle, with oh, whom I believe course. you are familiar. Bezzy, how is she? It, whatever you want to call it, call her these days. She is full of passion and purpose, uh, but struggles mightily against incredible odds. Yes, she didn't take the news I gave her 300 years ago quite well. She ran off. Not in the literal wilderness, but in the wilderness of her mind a bit. Sorry to see that happen. <laughs> Shinobik takes a moment. He's like, I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> uh, I I present to you this token of my, my lady's goodwill. And I pull the ascended oar out from under my shirt and hold it out to Grigley. Now, do these guys know that you had this thing? Filner does. Filner pointed okay. it out to Schnobik in the first place. Okay. Um, Ionis is surprised. Grigley takes a like a hanky out of his uh, out of his pants pocket and puts it over top of it, grabs it, throws it into the fire pit that's in the middle of his hut, 
and the fire burns green. And he says, very good, very good, very old. I remember when this one was made. How did you come across it? In your own words. He's speaking uh, I took it yes. from yes. an unworthy bearer. Oh, everyone is unworthy, aren't, are they not? Some of My us last. strive to be more. True. Very well. And he looks over at Ionis and Phil and he says, and I'm happy to report that my favorite still yet lives. Despo Goodshower is among us still. She, she will be, she will ascend. I am almost positive of it. Is she on a journey to ascend now? She doesn't know it, but she is she is on her way out. How much do you know? And he, he sort of sits down and he pulls out a he pulls out a a, a pipe that is uh, looks a bit like a saxophone, so it comes way way down and it sort of opens up in this like, <laughs> S shape. And he he opens up a pouch on his side, and and uh, in it is hard pieces of lady bone that look like the uh, linders that you guys wear and he takes it in his hand and he crushes the linder and the lady bone dust is like falling down around his fingers and he holds it over his pipe and he it's up so high there's no reason why it would all make it into uh, into the pipe itself and he just opens his hand and it all neatly falls in and he uses a finger and he uses his little halfling finger that's on his left hand and he a fire comes out of it and he sucks in his pipe and he says this is why we all came here i fear you have us at a loss my lord we we're sorely lacking in information we could use a an entire dump of information if you happen to have one sure Fair enough. I feel, I feel as though you have, you have arrived at a place where you might both understand and understand both how dire the situation has become here and why we must strive to right the ship. And it's not for a kingdom, Monterran. Though I would not be unhappy if you sat on a throne of a new Monterre. Schnabik rolls his eyes. <laughs> Which I, you can't I, see behind his mask. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure you already know that we all understand that all of this goes quite beyond warring kingdoms. Yes. We might be the only three that do understand that. But my brother is right. We need answers. Right now, it appears that there are beings such as yourself that are not from our plane that are that are entering Good. our plane and then actually manipulating the rest of us very good you are imprisoning godlike beings you are imprisoning other people in weapons now there is ascended all that imprisons people there are godstones there are <laughs> Is this about Ladybone? Well, it is and it isn't. This place, I 
it seems you have figured out quite a bit of it. Um, I do not know when the Gilbrain first came into existence, but I know the elves created it. And they created it as a weapon, much like many of the weapons in this in this world. Let's call it that, shall we? But any world can be used for any number of things. And when the elves, where I am from, realized the power that they had in creating a world, I, it's hard to get one's mind around. But Filnir, you, you, you held, you held the great spear tip of Perisot and Copiton, did you not? I did. You brought it in. You brought it into my home. You helped Perisot achieve his goals. You thwarted them by giving him something, someone more powerful than even you at the time. What you created and what you hold there in your pack, half-elf, is a world with potential to be as rich or richer than the island of Gilbrain, which you now stand on. We are still in the Gilbrain here. Well, I don't want to upset you too much, but you are not in the Gilbrain anymore. You Why? are in a real place. This is where I am from. And he picks up a bowl of cherries and he says, We are just outside the city of Omn in Faerun. And the Gilbrain sword is in a tower museum, much like the museum you worked in, Vilnir. There, just that way, five, six miles. And I do not want to upset you too much, but it has only been in that museum a little over a year. It has only been created a little over two years. Oh, I'm... I'm sorry, I'm struggling to understand. Um, you said where we are is real. Oh, and oh the, the it, sword of Gilbrain is five or six mi miles away. Are we, do we exist within a sword? Much as Perisot existed within a sword. Yes, Hafelf, you are very sharp. Do not think of it like that. Is it swords all the way down? How many layers of swords can there be? Is Faerun well, within a sword? This is what this this is this is the th the, the kind of thoughts that will make one go crazy and cut to the <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> yeah. And the thoughts and the thoughts that I I I did not want to share with your compatriots. My last. I almost wish you had said it is and it isn't again. <laughs> well, it is very difficult for one to understand one's own home when they are in it. 
if we are in a real place now, are we real by your definition? Well, of course you are. Are we free to leave from here? Well, well, that's where it gets more complicated. First, why would you want to? So you are, you are in a very special place. Have my you not home. seen the Truman Show? <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're speaking of, half-elf. One sometimes gets an urge to simply leave when the reality Shh. around them begins to the, crumble. The, that play by the traveling bard Truman. Well, here, here about the nature of created realities. Yes, I saw that I, one. I believe I, I believe I have. I, I have made the mistake again. This is this is how I explain things to the elves. The Moonbrook Elves many years ago. And I and I believe that I, I made a mistake then and I'm making it now. You are now seeing through the eyes and perspective that my once queen, Helspeth, saw it as. She sees these things as not real. She sees you as not people. But if you think of if you think of the ascended ore and the godstone and even Pariso and Capitan, even even Quiet Dark, which you hold in your hand, has such potential. If you think of them only as doorways, then I think we're a little closer to the reality. Now, they may be the only door in or out. But you have met Helspeth, yes? We have. She destroyed your book, did she not, wizard? She did. And Grigley reaches behind him and presents you another book and he says uh you may have this one it's the same as the other one use it if you wish do not use it if you don't wish you have far exceeded my expectations for you already well thank you she she sees these things as small small fictional places with fictional beings and that and she has a mission to destroy them because they bring such power. And Gilbrain, the time on Gilbrain moves so quickly compared to the time in Faerun. And this is what Helspeth and I were sent here to do, to, to build a world where we could entrap our foes and have them spend hundreds of years in a prison. And the original idea is that once they had served their time, they could return and they would be changed men and women. That we could build this place as a kind of sanctuary for lost souls. But they still kept their same nature. And what she is seeing and what I see is that there are some who have either they already knew the riddle or they have figured out the riddle and they are going to try and ascend out of this plane and return. But it has only been a year since they've been here. And their powers have grown exponentially because they have been here for a thousand years. You have met one such prisoner. I believe he looks like a thief to you. Yes, Willem. He is in the form of a an old, old god of humans named Grumsh. You know this, yes? We do. 
But he is imprisoned here. Trapped within our sword. Yes. Well, I I don't believe he's trapped inside of you. Oh, you mean the sword of Gilbrain. Sure. So the problem is, we did not realize that we were already stumbling upon a prison which had already been created for us. There are older things here that occupy the darkness. And they have, they have become so powerful that if they are unleashed onto Faerun, I do not know what would happen. But each one of these charneled blades, ascended ore, all of these receptacles, every time they are created inside another one, time is different in them. And you will soon venture to the Gilbrain Wilds, where you will meet a true Gilbrainy elf, one who was born here, of Faerunny elves, but he does not believe there's anything but this world. When you say this world, you mean the Gilbrain? The Gilbrain. And he is now using... He has figured out somehow what Helspeth and I attempted to destroy. The instructions on how to create more of these. And he has created worlds within worlds within worlds. When he is sending researchers who need time and they go in as young, interested elves and they come out old, studied elves and reveal the secrets of the universe to him. And their power grows more than even, I won't say mine, but they are discovering things even Helspeth and I dared not even ask. Grigley, may I ask you a question? But of course. And will you give me an honest response? If your head has not already exploded from what I have told you, I think you can handle any other answers. Why do you let the Sword of Gilbrain persist? Ah. Something within it may threaten your overall, your own existence. This is the question. Is it not something that is at your disposal if you wanted it to be? How fragile is our world? This, this is the question. And this is the one thing I do not know. Helspeth thinks when you destroy a charneled weapon, when you destroy the ore that has ascended, that everything inside is destroyed, as though the item were the plane. This is why she sees the world as swords within swords within swords within swords. And so, according to her, she is desperately trying to destroy as many of these things inside here as possible, thus taking out the enemies of Farron. And she may well plan to return to them just days after she came here. Of course, she's lived a whole life here with me. 
and she may say, let's destroy the whole place. I don't believe destroying the sword destroys the world. I believe all you do is close the door. And if the door is there, at least we can go and check on what's going on. If the door goes, what happens if Ehi and Donatus begin to speak to one another again? What if Havis Corvair makes himself into a mountain and figures out how to do with his own mind what he's doing with entrapped elves inside other weapons inside Gilbrain? What happens if he becomes a golem on the outside? I believe if we destroy the door, we sow our own destruction. The answer to this question may help me to understand things on your level. Who are we? You say you put your enemies in these weapons and use it as a prison. Are we the descendants of those enemies that you put in, or were we already here? Yes. You are all descended of people who, for one reason or another, were put inside. And there have been waves. Of course, here it seems like hundreds of years of waves, between waves, but of course up here it's, how long does a trial take? And then they go in. A city rises up against another city. How many soldiers are taken prisoner? And what if you could take those prisoners and not kill them, not have their lives on your soul, but you could just put them some other place, some place that they could learn from their mistakes, or perhaps even find a new way of being, giving them the chance to be better people. So yes, I can't trace your family tree back to a Faerouni who was arrested three years ago. But I maybe could. I see the fundamental nature of your error. You've populated an entire recursive world with malevolent power seekers. And then act surprised when it grows in power and malevolence seemingly infinitely well that is the problem isn't it and you use the word you to describe me and you should know I like Helspeth when we discovered that worlds could become worlds from nothing do you know how they discovered this it wasn't long ago I understand do you have your small chest? I pull it out. Yes. Hache volar. And it gets big. And I drop it. He says, <laughs> he says, he says, he says, I do not understand. This is the mystery to me. This chest, something very much like it, was invented in my world. And someone here somehow they thought of this without having any access 
to the multi-planes of the universe. And they saw, they decided, what if we could create a plane that is still with doors that could move? This chest, this that you are holding, is one of five, which were created in Monterre by a normal artisan who had a problem of not being strong enough to carry things great distances and realized he could have stores everywhere and only one warehouse. It was that simple. And from there, I won't call them common people, but I will call them brilliant elves who had no idea where they were or how they got here or what their heritage was. They realized if you can create a world that is a warehouse, then you might be able to create a world that is something much grander. This happened only one year after the Gilbrain sword was created in our world. Can you fathom how terrified I was as warden of this place when I saw that their technology was catching up to ours? Havis Corvair, if he is let loose, we don't have things like he has where we are now. And he sort of motions like out away from his hut. He says, of course, I'm learning their tricks. I'm bringing them back. My city's the most powerful city in all of Faerun now. And so my colleagues, they think it is a good thing. They are doing here what Havis Corvair does in infinitesimally small places. They're observing him. I am observing him. I bring back the items and say, can you help me defeat this item? And they study it and they say, well, we can't help you defeat it, but we can make one like it. And yet the sword persists. Because they believe I control it, which I Is do not. Is Waterdeep real? Waterdeep is real. And Waterdeep wants the sword and believes, as much as I do, that the sword is only a doorway. And somehow, somehow, they have opened up a direct line into Lakeshire. So their connection into the Gilbrain is real. Jesus of Waterdeep is real enough. He was in a war against Om not long ago. He was destroyed utterly, we thought. I cannot go anywhere near Lakeshire. That scares me. I cannot return to the center of the earth now. That scares me. I cannot return to the mountain of Donatus. That scares me. Havis Corvair will not be reasoned with. That scares me. Somehow you've gone to all these places and survived. Well, not all of you. But what is the point? If all of these malevolent forces are 
growing and learning, exceeding even what what you call the real world is developing and capable of, then it seems like all of this is a lost cause. Seems like we are stuck on a path of self-destruction, potentially destruction on a much grander scale if what you say is true. Quigley, what what would we do that could possibly change this? He says, this is a very good question. And he goes Better over to a, a fucking answer. <laughs> he goes over to a small. He goes over to a small medicine cabinet, and uh, and he opens it up, and he's mixing things, and and uh, he says, "Just one second, it will be worth the wait." And he walks over to where the fire is, and he reaches his hand in. And he's not burned, and he pulls out your ascended orishnobik, and he hands it to you, and he says, "This fire is the heart of Gilbrain." And he pours his this elixir that he has just mixed on it. And the fire stops moving, but it remains hot. And he reaches over and he grabs a piece of it and he lifts it up. And the whole fire, the fire itself is lifted up into the air, but it's static. It's not moving. It's not flickering. It is, it is, it is as though like he a picture of fire, a picture of fire, but his hands are gripped around it. And he picks it up and he hands it to you, Ionis, and he says, I think you will find this fire quite similar to other fire you have grown accustomed to. And he hands it to you. He says, you, it's, it's hot, but you can hold it. I reach out and touch it first. It's hot, but you know, it's not that hot. It feels like a, <laughs> feels like a, it feels like a frying pan that you just made an egg on. And had the and you've taken it off the fire for a couple of couple, like thirty or forty seconds, so you can hold it without burning yourself. But it's very hot. All right, I allow him to put it in my hand. Yeah, it's big, but it it probably only weighs two or three pounds. Okay. And he says, "I don't believe the guild brain can be destroyed as long as this stays outside of it." This is the heart of the guilt brain. I believe, I believe in my soul that this also means the guilt brain sword cannot ever become ascended ore and contain only one all powerful being in it, the way Pariso Incompetent became. And he asked you to see your ascended or Phil Neri says, uh, yeah, you, you have the lead. You have the piece of lead, do you not? I do. May I see it? What is within this one? And I'll slowly pull it out of the pack. Yeah, he says, if you would travel inside of this one now, you would find Herr Walter Faust inside of it trying to figure out what this is all for. And he might be sitting on a stump or something that is important to him. And 
if you could take that stump out, I believe not only would it end the possibility of new charneled items from being made there, but I think it might also sever that world which he might well create one day from the physical object. I don't believe Helspeth can destroy the sword and destroy the island unless this is returned to it. This, meaning? The fire, which Ionis now holds. Why this? How do you know it's this? Well, I... I went to the center of the world, and I asked Ehi, and she told me, and she showed me where it was, because she did not want to be destroyed, and she entrusted me with it, and now I have it. So Ehi is not your enemy. You did not imprison Ehi. Well, I did. Catch up. But she has lived a life. She has found a goddom. She does not want to be destroyed. She does not want to leave. Why would she? She was a pariah here. It seems to me that the greatest threat to our world now is that the door to your world is still open. I would agree with that. People like me we'll always be able to find our way back. Because we know of this plane. But there's a room with people who may only say a few words and then touch the sword and they are taken here directly. Every plane can be walked to somehow. But most planes do not have such an easy route. The route that allows no shortage of villains to lay waste to our home. That's right. I I see that you would have us bring this world to heal. Ease well, the minds of the people of Faerun that this place only grows in power and evil. But from where I stand, the evil that is here is sent here by you. Oh, it's too complicated to explain to you. I am your ally. I am not sending people here. I was chosen to be warden for the very fact that I did not believe we should be doing this endeavor. They said... Go, Grigley. You will see. It will work. People will be changed and improved. And we don't have to deal with them in our world anymore. And many have improved. Many have improved. Have they left? Well, they died, but their children did not continue in their awful ways. As children are wont to do. I, I, I see such beauty here. 
beauty which I wish I wish my city could copy. But I do not hold hope for that. Who created this place? That's a complicated question as well. I just need a name. Here's what I can tell you. Helspeth and I... Well, what, what, what is it you call her here? Pyromancer. Helspeth is not a pyromancer. Yes, she plays with fire and she is quite good at it. She is what we called a tuner. She was the one who was able to make the spaces nature more predictable. She's the one who created the contrail, which you were lost on, which one day equals one month. Think of that mathematical exactitude. That takes a tuner, and that is what she is. I'm a soul trapper. I was able to take people and force them in. We had a priest long dead named Corvair who created the first ore using the plans that Leoman made for his tiny chest. But the world existed when I arrived. Without us putting someone here first, in the months or years or whatever it was that this world existed, it may have even predated. There are those of my kind who believe that when you do this work, all it does is create a door to something that's been existing for a very long time. But I have seen the early days of a plane take form in a charneled weapon. So I do not believe them that this was already existent for many years before we arrived. But the time matters. It could have been a thousand years from the time we created it here until we first stepped foot in it just moments later. You say you are our ally in this. Our ally in what? Well, I believe you probably want to preserve the Breen Valley. Not have interlopers from the outside coming in. That would be a nice start. And also, I believe you probably do not want Havis Corvair or other upcomers to figure out how to create whole armies in the space span of a few minutes. That does seem like something we should avoid. Before these worlds become connected, you must go in, find their hearts, and bring them to me. Helspeth and I can sever the heart from the item. And then, I believe we can close the doors. 
I believe we can close the doors even to Gil Brain. But I'm not willing to take that chance while there are so many charneled items there that have doors wide open. I feel a great deal of responsibility to you, to those who came before you, and to those many, many, many who will come after you. You cannot be left with a world that can be overrun in seconds by legion of sorcerers and wizards created by time bandits. Are you not able to send help into the Gilbrain for us? You have sent so much evil and so many forces that find reasons to be at odds with one another. This is the kind of thinking which leads you to bad places, Vilner. We should not send anything else in there. If you want great help, I can teach you how these things work. But you must promise me, you must swear to me, that once you have Havis Corvair in hand, that you will disconnect all of the worlds he has created. That you will not let him walk out of here. He must die. Jesus must die. When that happens, Helspeth and I, I believe we can shut every single door, even the one that we have been using. And our world and maybe will be... you'll be free. It will be in all senses its own real world. Yes, it is a real world. Do not think like Helspeth. You are a real boy. If you are right. <laughs> I've got no strings. It, this is all... If you are right. If I am right. And our world is gambled on your opinion. Let me show you then. And he goes back over to his, uh, to his workbench, to his medicine cabinet. And he, he, there's a, a sitting table that looks so much like the sacrificial tables that are throughout the Gilbrain. And he walks over to it and he says, let me send you in to another world. It is small and I have created a true prison for one of Havis Corvair's most disgusting creations. It is like a dragon, but it is steel. It is immune to poison and attacks on his brain. If you do not have magical weapons, you cannot affect it with physical attacks. It can see in the dark. It moves so fast. This world is a small experiment 
and I can show you what you will face if he gets his way and unleashes a whole army of these upon the Breen Valley and Gilbrain. No, thank you. Oh, but there's something in it you might like. How much time do we lose if we go in? None. This this place moves even slower than where we are right now. I hand him his fire back and I walk towards it. All right. And he are says, we risking our lives walking in? Ionis, what are we? Snowbick. You will arrive on a beach. The entire world is only 300 feet in radius. It is a cylinder inside. A waterfall falls from somewhere high up and it falls down to somewhere deep. Do not try to climb and do not fall down. The beach you are on faces a short river with an island in the middle. The island has four small shards of charnelled stone. They are made into rings. With those rings on, you can at will into your own private plane where one second is the same as one hour, wherever you are. He looks over at you, Ionis. He says, imagine being in the middle of a confrontation being able to touch your ring and sleep a full night's rest in the amount of time it would take you to cast a fireball. And what happens if somebody destroys the ring while you are in it? <laughs> do not let them do that. You will truly find out at that point whether Hellspeth is correct or I am correct. And when you enter a ring, does the ring disappear? No. It would be best for each of you to hold the others, to have one person who holds all the rings. So only two of you might leave at one time. Why are these imprisoned with this beast? What game is this? I made this for you, Filnir and Ionis, and I did not make it for you, my last. I made it for Abel as well. But what I would like for you to do is to go in and take the heart of the prison, these three rings, and then we'll see if we can enter again. Do you have any idea if more than one person can enter the same ring? Or more than one being. This is the exact same magic that made the chest. They all lead to the same place. So these rings are the heart of this pocket prison. That is correct. And we are about to conduct a, a trial, an experiment, to see whether bringing it out will allow us to close the door. That is right. Or whether the entire world may be destroyed. 
would we know? Well, there's only one thing in there. And that one thing is an abomination. And yet you ask us to go see if we can defeat it or steal from around it without might might we not killed. create an easier prison <laughs> with perhaps some low level criminal <laughs> in prison there <laughs> maybe test that one first a cindador does not grow on trees contrary to your experience <laughs> oh come now gentlemen where's your nerve You've just been told you were from a paper doll reality. It is not a paper doll reality. Iona's still having... Why don't we prove something to ourselves? Whether it's real or it's not, it's real to us. I, for one, would like to find out if I can close it off and protect it. And you should see what Havis Corvair has in mind for you. And you said... It was immune to poison. Could not be damaged without magical weapons, which we are fortunate enough to have. Helspeth and I... Do we know any weaknesses? Uh, Helspeth and I worked very hard to trap it. I can tell you it... It moves quickly. It is large. It is a construct created by Havis Corvair himself. It was the first, I believe, before he sent it in with his elves to make many more of them. It will roar at you from great distance, and it can stun you, paralyze you. It cannot be charmed or frightened or exhausted. He looks at you, Felnir. <laughs> it cannot be stunned or poisoned cold does very little to it lightning does little to it the magic of death does little to it thunder does little to it it does is it, quite powerful does it need to be defeated at all you should see what you were working with but if you need to get out, then you may get out. Now, do you know how to plane shift? Not yet. Is it something that if I taught you how to do, you could do it? Yes. Very well. And he grabs your arm. He flips over your arm that has the uh, that had the hand with the halfling finger on it. And he puts his halfling finger on your arm and it burns hot. And you see a tattoo, a burned fire tattoo appear on your arm. And it's just words. And he says, read it quickly. Read it quickly. It will dissipate. I read it. And and as you're reading it, um, you feel your own spell book become hot to the touch. And he says, it is now in your book. 
and you will find that at least for the next day, your brain will remember how to cast it. And then it will go away? It will be in your book still, but there's something very impactful about having a brand from Grigley put upon you. Understood. So I have a plane shift now in my um, in your book, in my and book. you have it prepared. So you have one extra spell prepared right now, and it is plane shift for a day. For a and day. then and then I can use plane shift from now on whenever if you prepare it. Yeah, yeah. if you prepare it. Yeah, fantastic. Does this construct have a will of its own? It does, and it would like to get out. And one of the things that it is able to do is shift planes. But I should tell you, it has done all it can do of that. This particular prison, we should have done this in the Gilbrain, but this particular prison does not let one regain magical energy that it has already expelled. Does this thing have a name? Does it matter? Yes. It does. And if it has several, I would like to hear all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is... Havis calls it a steel predator. But it has its own agency and calls itself Thick Maw. Because its creator spoke Elven and Sylvan, it understands those two languages, as well as a language of constructs called Modron. It will not be able to speak to you, but... Well, no. I can't imagine it working. It's smart enough to have a conversation in its mind if you can make it happen. That may be a possibility. I see no reason why uh, deception cannot be our weapon. Be careful. Do not eat there. Do not bring any food that you might eat later in with you. If you enter the rings, that is fine. Do not eat and do not fall asleep. I do not understand this. Why? It seems to <laughs> retrain your body. <laughs> I'm just imagining the number of short rests I can get. Yeah. Like within a given yeah. round. Yeah. All my spells are back. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, you, it's like you reset your soul by taking in the food of a plane, by sleeping in the bed of a plane. Then you're of it. Stay of your own plane. If you are struck down there, I feel fairly certain you will return 
if not in Lakenhearth, that you will return to the last place you were in the Gilbrain. That is something of how it works here when we go into the Gilbrain. I myself have been killed three times there. Do you know Oxpix? I do know Oxpix quite well. Is he from here? Have you met Oxpix? We have. He is not from here. He is not from here. He is not from here, but he loves Ladybone. And Some other shiny loves. things. Yes. Aside from uh, Jesus of Waterdeep, Ehi, and Donatus, would any of you care to wager what other notables in the Gilbrain may be from Faerun? Havis Corvair, of course. Havis Corvair was born in the Gilbrain, but he left and went to school here. Who else do you want to know about? I think it's time to dive in, if that's what we're going to do. Be careful. Schnurbeck, did you want to ask about your father? <laughs> no. Yeah, and and uh, and he looks over at you, Ionis, and he says, I can't believe you will not respect your brother enough to use him by his chosen name. It is not my chosen name. It is my given name, not given by you. Let us into this prison. But I assure you, Grigley, although I've shown you respect, I am real. And if you've played us false, you'll find out how real I am. (laughs) And if you do something to me here, you might take out one of your only allies. Hmm. Remains to be seen. Let's go. All right. So he touches the sacrificial table and he says... This is how we do it here. Lay upon this table. I gesture to Ionis to lay on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Filner gets on the table. All right. First Uh, in all uh, things, brother. So so you guys are arguing and Filner just gets up there and you see Grigley, he pulls out this super long dagger and he plunges it into Filnir's stomach. Gods! And uh, there's no blood. And then Filnir, it's like he just disappears and it's blood runs down the side of the table and then it disappears as well. Next. Hurry. You do not want to leave him alone in there. All right, he's my friend. I'm on the table. All right, he plunges the knife into your belly and it hurts. And blood comes down and it disappears. My last? All right, I jump on. All right. And you can, you actually don't even feel the knife enter you. You hear it ping on the table. 
below you. And then he says, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot what you had become. And he pulls another knife out. And this one is <laughs> silver. And he <laughs> thrusts it into your stomach. And you are all standing on a beach. It is dark all around you, except the water is glowing. It's a river that goes from a waterfall to the left, which is coming down, as he promised, flowing in an S shape about a hundred feet. And then it starts to move down and you see it disappearing over another cliff. It is artificial in here. The beach is real. The sand is real. The grass behind you is real. The grass and trees across the river from you are real looking, but there's no horizon. There's no up. It's darkness. Even you can't see through it, Schnobik. And in the middle of the river, which is about... How high up? Is it possible to tell? So you can't tell how high up you... You, like, you know, you focus like your eyes 10 up. feet, like oh. ceiling height or like hundred oh, feet, like, like hundreds, height. hundreds of feet, okay. hundreds of feet. The river that flows is about 200 feet across. And in the very middle of it, straight out from where you are, there is a pedestal and it's got some things on it. I, Summon Bezalith to my hand. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, all right. So she is going to plane shift to get to you. So you need to roll a d20. She will arrive in your hand with anything except a one. Uh, okay. First roll of the episode. 12. 12. Okay. All right. So she arrives in your hand. My lady, I've spoken with Grigley. He has revealed many truths to me, as I assume you knew he would, and that he has revealed to you. We are now in a pocket dimension that houses, a, imprisons a construct of Havis Corvair. He has sent us here as an experiment to see if our world can be saved but there is also power to be gained here and also danger. She doesn't respond. And it takes a few seconds. And it doesn't seem like she's inside this sword. Well, it's like a FaceTime call with a bad delay with a, it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. My lady speak to me. All right, so you guys see this. You see Shinobik begin to have a conversation with Frostbrand. Have they seen Frostbrand before, except for in the lead? He's he's summoned it to him a few times. In, in front of you, though? In, in private, yeah. In Just private. that one you time did it in, in the battle. lead. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess so. All right, so he's having that conversation, and there's clearly, like, no one's re responding to him. What do you guys want to do? Do we see this construct? anywhere give me a perception check um I mean, it's 
300 foot radius you said right is that inclusive of the river or separate inclusive and you said the river was it's about 150 200 feet across so the radius is 300 so it's so uh no sorry the radius is 150 so it's like there's just this beach and then there's grass and growth across the way and behind you as well then is that you know part that seems artificial like we can't actually get over there it looks real. All that looks real. 19 perception. Okay. Yeah. So you see that this grass is super high on the other side of the beach, and there is growth of uh, pine trees. And you can just make out as the grass sort of moves to the side as something is walking on the other side in that growth. Um, can't hear it. Uh, you just hear the running water. That's the only real sound you you have in the in this space. I'm gonna run toward the table okay. with the things on it. Okay, so you 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 run across the beach and you get to the water, the water's edge. It only here it's running. But it only looks like it's, you know, a foot deep. It's going to slow you down. Um, uh, and it's about 100 feet to the to the table. Through, 100 feet across the river. Yeah, through Across through a shallow water. river. A th- shallow river, yes. I think when I get to the water, I slow down. Okay. Keep my eyes up. And you see that thing moving. All right, how about you, Ionis? Uh, Phil Neal ran. I ran with him. Okay. I just say, All right. So you guys arrived. We at really the water. stepped in at this time. <laughs> <laughs> Schnobik, you don't think she's going to respond to you? Like it's been twenty seconds now since you talked to her and you brought her in your hand. This has never happened before, ever. Is is the sword cold? Does it feel it like it cold. has its power? It is cold. Yes. Okay. And you see the brush moving. And you all see these two little holes in dark black steel make their way through the grass. And you realize it's only about 200 feet away from you. And you're looking at the snout of something that looks like a cross between a basilisk, a... Doberman Pincher and a dragon. It's got long black metallic spikes on its back. And it has, it looks like it yawns. And you see that this mouth, it, it's, uh, it sort of articulates open. Um, almost like a tiger, but even bigger. It's almost like it's got cogs and machinery causing this thing to open up five feet wide. And you hear a loud rumble that doesn't sound like any animal you've ever heard. And it, the river that you're standing in, you see the ripples from the thundering roar that this steel predator thick maw makes 
All right, I'm I'm running to catch up with the guys. Okay. Now you have Bezleth Lultul in your hand. Yeah. Water is going to treat you like a vampire. Do not forget. And I, I'm assuming my mental connection to everyone else is cut off too. To the rest, you of haven't my tried. You haven't tried, but, but you don't. It seems like you're cut off mm. from everything. Ionis, speak to its mind. Tell it we are here from C- Havis Corvair to free it. Um, or, or have the elf do it. Who who speaks Elven? But to its mind. Uh, I will try to. I'm I'm guessing this is mental communication. I I I will, I will try to send a message to it using sending. Yeah. MVP. Okay. <laughs> what What do you say? <laughs> uh, what were you saying? I'm just I'm just going to tell it that we're uh, here to pick up. We're here to pick up the rings. No, no, we are here to free him from Havis Corvair. He has heard of his imprisonment. We are here to free him. My name is Ionis. I am here to free you. I've heard of your imprisonment. I will not go free until Grigley and Elspeth have been ripped apart in our world and in Yes. All right, let's go get the ring to get out of here. And he pulls himself through into the sand, and he stands at about eight feet tall at the shoulders, four legs, long tail, and he begins to sprint at you as well. Feel their fly to get the rings, and I will take care of this. All right, sheath Bezleth and draw my rapier. All right, let's roll initiative. That's a 21. Ooh, oh, nice. Good initiative. 10 Ooh. for me. Five. Here we go. This is going to be all the crackers. Damn it. All right. <laughs> That's a six. Okay. All right. So this thing is clearly beginning to bound at you. And uh, Shnobik, I mean, uh, Ionis, you will be able to act uh, first. You said it was 200 feet away, right? 200 feet away. Yep. Okay. How, as it starts to run, how close is it? Well, we're going to we're gonna say he has only cleared the thing. He's still 200 feet, 195 feet. Like, then we roll initiative. Uh, okay. T- tell it he... Tell it he misses his his favorite steel predator. He misses his thick maw. <laughs> Just fly and get the rings. I, I, I run at it. Um, oh, no. It's difficult terrain, so you're going to be running. It's going to be eating half your movement in the one foot of water. Okay. I'm going to, um, I'm going to run out of the water if I can. Okay. And I am going Backwards. to... Backwards. Like back on the on the beach, yeah, toward the toward the okay. bounder, the steel predator. And oh, well, you have to walk into into the water, so it's across the river from you. Oh, it's on the other side of the river. Other side of the river. Yeah. Um. Okay, and he's two hundred feet away. And how wide is the river again? Thirty feet. So so it's about a hundred feet to the small island, and it's another eighty feet. 
to the thing. So he is just like he's on the beach. Beach is not very wide. All right. As soon as um, as soon as he is 120 feet away, I'm I'm just going to I'm going to move forward as far as I can. 15 feet, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as he's 120 feet away from us, I'm going to encase him in a wall of force. So I'm going to hold okay. that. Okay. All right. Wall of force. Dimension door gets you out of wall of force asking for a friend, right? Uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you haven't cast wall of force yet. Uh, I'm holding it, so technically I have cast it. I'm just holding it. Okay. And and how far away does it work? 120. Okay. All right. So it's going to go off when? Tell me when. When he gets within range. And then and then the sh- the the shape of it is going to be what? A sphere. A sphere. Okay. All right. Um and you're moving to uh just toward I, I, I'm guessing mm-hmm. we're all moving toward the rings. Mm-hmm. So I'm moving with yep. you. I'm just moving as far as I as far as I can to close the distance between the guy yep. and and uh, myself. All right. Okay. Uh, it is uh, Schnobik. So I am a little bit behind them. Yes. Can uh, you, you just you, say how far? How much more beach than water? You have 15 I, feet to beach, okay. and then Ionis is 15 more feet in, and. Uh, Filnir is right in the water. So he's Filnir's 20 feet away from you, and uh, Ionis is 30 feet away from you. Okay. And there's a little sandy island in the middle. Yes. And the rings are on the far shore. The rings are on the island in the middle. Oh, the rings are on the island. Okay. Yes. Um, the rings are 130, 120 feet away from you. I cast jump (laughs) and I sprint towards the edge of the water and then jump as far as I can into the water towards the island. Okay. And how do we adjudicate this? What's the actual distance you're going to get on jump? I believe what we said was. Now, in theory, I can jump... Was it the long jump is oh man. It's talking about mechanics with it. Hmm? I think it's with it, ten with at it, least ten feet of running. Yeah. It is it's your strength bonus? No. I I no, I th- I think it's your actual your actual strength score. I think that's I think that's right? correct. Yeah. Um and then I've got the boots of jumping and springing, which triple that, and then jump, yeah. which triples it again. Now, yeah. in theory, so we got you ninety feet. That's right. You got ninety feet, but in theory, you can't use. But more we said than we adjudicated this. The, the 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 first round that you cast this, you're allowed to do exceed dash, your movement, exceed yeah. it by a dash action. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So that would give me sixty feet. Yep. Total. Um, 15 feet running to the water so I can get another 45 into the water. Is that what we're going to say? Yep. Yep. Okay. Which gives me another 35 to the 
All right. And when you land in the water, it is real mm-hmm. water. And you have Frostbrand with you. But but not uh, not held. Not held. It's on you, though. It's on you. For sure. Uh, For uh-huh. sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So when you land... When you land in the water, it, I will just say that my tool tip here says while holding the sword. Uh, I don't, I mean, so, so in my mind, it was while she's on your person. So holding the sword. Okay. Um, okay. If now, if it's while she's on my person, I would know this then, right? Yes, you would know it for sure. For okay. sure. Okay. Then I am going to drop her on the beach. All right. As I jump. What do you say when you drop her? Be right back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you, and I, you... I, I spear her into the sand dramatically okay. so that she stands proud and erect. Awesome. Okay. So, so you get another 45 feet. So you're about halfway there. I've got another Um, 35 feet, 35 feet. Yep. To the island. And, and you are now super, you can see a lot closer to the steel predator and it looks, it's imposing and it looks like unlike any other thing you've seen before. It's beast like, but it's steel and, and it's, it doesn't seem like it's uh it's going to mind ripping you apart so it 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 has that going for it and it just sprints toward you and uh and it gets it goes about 80 feet and then at some point your wall of force goes up around it yep it bangs it bangs into it and then it reappears on the island. It disappears and reappears on the island. And this is a uh, legendary thing, or is this no, its, its turn after Schnobik? It, it's it's this is on its turn. Okay, yeah, this yeah. Is on its, its initiative was after Schnobik before. Yes, mine. yep. And Filnir, you see this thing <laughs> running, and then it disappears, and it appears where the rings are. Schnobik has jumped into the water. Ionis has run into the water and has clearly cast his wall of force, which did not hold it. And it is you. This thing is about uh, 95 feet away from you. 95 feet away from me. And where is it relative to this table with the rings? It is on the small island like it is between you and the rings, but it is, it could whip its tail and knock the rings into the water. Right. In fact, I probably should have had him do that, but he didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Grigley told us was like, Tom's been looking at your character sheets and is ready for everything that you can throw <laughs> at it. <laughs> I mean, I told you everything it's got pretty much. Yeah. I don't know if I wrote down everything fast enough to remember everything that it's got um i know none of us can stun it anyway or fear it but but the immune to charm is important yes Um, 
And I know you're remembering this also. It understands Modron. So in case you're wondering about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's uh, cold doesn't hurt it very much. Cold yeah, doesn't hurt it. Resistant to cold. I, I resistant to lightning. Can about, see through the darkness. Uh, having Frostbrand. Yeah. Yeah. You said something about it not having a brain or its mental being resistant i don't remember exactly it's immune to psychic damage yes and poison damage right okay this always happens i'm like i could fly everybody and then everybody's all spread out uh, <laughs> this happens every single time <laughs> you, you gotta win initiative I know. get these and guys I uh and i did not with you. Uh, oh and it's immune to exhaustion too right so exhaustion as well so mental prison won't work because it's immune to charm. Sickening radiance won't work because it's immune to exhaustion. It'll take the damage, I presume. Um, synaptic static is psychic damage, so that will not work. Uh, resistant to you, cold for cone of really cold. really built around messing with people's brains. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, this thing's yeah. a Terminator. You just got to smash it. You got to smash yeah, it. You got to smash course. it to pieces. Of course. Um, <laughs> Phil, yeah, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> how, <laughs> how far from me is it? How far to the island in the water? Uh, the thing is 95 feet away from you. It's right. 100 feet. Uh, yeah. to the, right, to it's the, 95 feet away from you. On the it's island. It's 90 feet to the island, yeah, from where you are. Okay. So... I will follow Schnobik. Uh presume I can only get about 15 feet since he said it's yeah, difficult terrain, right? Yeah, 15 feet, yeah. Uh, and then I will make a bow as my packed weapon. Okay. Which takes an action. And that will be my turn. Okay. So, this beast comes out of the out of the the growth, begins to run toward you. Schnobik puts puts his white lady into the ground and leaps over most of the river toward the island. Lands about thirty five feet away from it. Ionis comes out and casts something and holds it until the beast comes close throws up his spherical ball and the beast steps through it and onto the 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 Back small from island it came. from yeah and is <laughs> and is protecting these things. It has told you it's going to it 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 doesn't want to go until Helspeth and and Grigley are dead and you are engaged. And this is where we're gonna end. Episode 74, ah. inside the prison, searching for your time rings. <laughs> <laughs> Argh. Awesome. Oh, man. What an info dump. It's a big info dump. It's a big info dump. It was a conversation. Yeah. It was a conversation. Um, how, how, I mean, and we can save some of this for the, for the bonus, but, uh, how close is this to what you were all thinking? Close? 
Um, Are you talking about the Grigley revelations yeah, or the, I, or yeah. the construct? I would say I am surprised, <laughs> but not shocked. Okay. Okay. Right. Good. Like the, we definitely knew there was something going on in this vein. I think I'm, I was a little surprised. I mean, it was, to me, it was really cool that it's like, oh, we're just like a mile outside of Om or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the sword is hanging in a museum, you know, that, that, uh, you know, the sort of, and that Grigley, you know, this powerful, you know, world hopping satyr is actually just a dude in a hut, you know, five <laughs> yeah. miles east of the museum. Like, yeah, that's all really cool. And he might actually just be like the grounds warden mm-hmm. of the <laughs> real place. Yeah. Like his hut looks like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, head over to patreon.com slash dungeon dads yeah. and sign up for the, those bonus episodes, discord, really hash this thing out. Ad-free episodes and early access. Step it up mm. a little bit. Get Mountain City Mayhem. If, and, bonus and this is something we'll talk about more on the bonus, but it's definitely one of those things, too, where the more you think about it, the more pieces slide into place. Yeah. Well, you know? Tom's yeah. been thinking yeah. about it for years. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I have been thinking about it for years. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm, so much well, to talk about. Yeah, let's unpack it. Um and if you're not a Patreon everybody. subscriber already, get on it. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. you're going to want to hear this. Yes, indeed. Episode 75 will be next, and hopefully they'll at least figure out some things about this Steel Predator. Um, and uh, <laughs> like, like, like what its tastes are. <laughs> yeah. Does it prefer half-elf or vampire? <laughs> yeah. Find out uh, next time. On the Dungeon Dads. <laughs> Toodaloo, everybody. Toodaloo. <laughs>